Welcome to the Sullivan and Cromwell Energy M&A Trends podcast series. With me today are my partners, George Sampas and Werner Allers. George and Werner are partners in the M&A group, and they focus on energy and natural resources. Today, we will be discussing some of the trends that we're seeing in the energy space. So while we spend a lot of time focused on changes in government policy, both in the U.S. and around the world, in a lot of ways, the corporate governance ESG efforts really have an impact on how companies rethink their portfolios and the way in which they are going to operate going forward. What general trends are you seeing in terms of the growth of renewable energy, whether it be in the U.S. or internationally? I think that's an important topic to focus on here. Well, I think just to start, everything that we've been discussing, pointing to ambitious targets for reducing carbon emissions and getting to net zero over time, has only served to massively increase investment in the renewable sector. In many ways, the growth of renewables across the world, and we'll talk a bit about how it's played out maybe differently in different regions, is probably the biggest story in the power and energy industry of the past decade. Global installed capacity of renewables has more than doubled since 2009. And in 2019, you know, some estimates approximate that renewable energy accounts for approximately one-third of global power supply already. I think renewable M&A in the EU had a particularly strong year compared to other M&A activity over the past year, and both investment, production continues to grow significantly. And recently, the European Environment Agency reported that the EU is on track to meet its goal of, of having over 20% of its energy from renewable sources by this year. So collectively, these developments are creating huge opportunities for existing developers to increase their project pipelines and for new entrants such as oil and gas majors to quickly scale up their renewable portfolios, both by greenfield investment and acquisition. And there's a wide range of new participants investment funds, private equity, SPACs, and others that were not previously active in the renewable sector that over the past few years, more and more looking to invest in the sector and that are driving, as I noted, a, a comparatively very active M&A market in Europe through 2020 and into the beginning of 2021. And to pick up on that, I just ask you to think about what a board discussion looks like these days when you're talking about what opportunities should a company explore? And on the one hand, you've got sort of a traditional M&A in upstream or in the pipeline space. And on the other hand, there may be a renewable opportunity. One way to think about this is just to put yourself in a boardroom where the directors are discussing which opportunities they want to explore management's bringing them several opportunities to the table for discussion. And on the one hand, you may have a renewable project that will show to the market, to investors, that these directors and the company are motivated to push the company into the greener, 
the less carbon emitting sector of the economy. And if you can get that at the right price, I think everybody on the board would be in favor of that. And on the other hand, you may have opportunities that are also value enhancing to shareholders, but that are in the dirty sector of oil or perceived dirty sector of oil or natural gas. And there's just going to be less excitement for, or there has been less excitement for those opportunities. And the, one of the big challenges is the availability of renewables M&A opportunities. Are, there, there are not many of them. The other element that I think you'll see, and we touched on earlier, is in terms of the generating capacity of utilities across the country. I think you will see continued focus on renewables and less carbon dense solutions to the energy needs of the customers of those utilities. And again, putting capital to work, I think there will be opportunities for utilities to partner with private equity and others to find the resources to spend on those opportunities. And they'll get assurances from the local commissions that they will be able to recover on those investments. So where do you see renewable energy dealmaking going in 2021? I think that we're all sort of looking at this and I think agree with a lot of the analysis. Are there specific opportunities and targets that companies are looking at in the renewable energy space? whether they be domestically or internationally? I think so. First of all, these assets obviously are going to become increasingly attractive given the policy objectives of the Biden administration in the U.S. We already spoke a little bit about Europe, which is in some respects a little bit farther along, but the U.S. is accelerating its renewable development. And I think what that means is that there's going to be different types of industry players across the board that are looking to consolidate their positions in the value chain, including oil and gas companies, utilities, et cetera, as George was talking about. And one trend is that oil and gas companies in particular, you know, again, because the ESG pressures we've been talking about and otherwise are poised to make potentially significant investments in the renewable sector, particularly in offshore wind, which is seen as a focus of significant sort of near-term development and where they have a strategic advantage given their vast experience in offshore oil field development. Just to take one example of this, I think it was last September where BP took a 50% stake in Equinor's Empire Wind and Beacon Wind projects, which are located off the coasts of New York and Massachusetts. And opportunities like that are likely to continue developing, although in the U.S. on a somewhat uneven pace, given that a lot of this development and the incentives that make them particularly attractive, as well as the regulatory approvals are all going to move at different speeds, depending on state regulation. So that's what the picture looks like in the U.S. Of course, the renewable story is as important in other regions as well. The Asia-Pacific region is poised to become a, a key destination for renewable energy development and investment this decade with capacity by some anticipated to increase by two terawatts by 2030. And demand is actually growing faster in the Asia-Pacific region than it is in any other region worldwide. When you look at Latin America, for example, renewable investment, both in new projects and consolidation industry has been a huge trend over the last five years. 
There continue to be many new money projects that are being developed throughout the region in countries like Chile, Colombia, Mexico, and Argentina in particular, given government incentives that are in place there. But an increasing trend that we're also starting to see just in the past year or two is that some of the portfolios of operating wind and solar projects are reaching sufficient scale that they're starting to trade to large private equity and pension fund investors, which are looking for steady returns and previously maybe didn't have the kinds of opportunities to buy scaled portfolios that are becoming available in the market. And I guess lastly, I'd point out, and this will be an interesting trend to continue to observe in the Latin American region, but that's a key story over the last five plus years across industries there has been the role that China has played as a major investor, lender, and strategic operator across many industries, but particularly in the energy sector. Last year, just to give you an example, Chinese M&A deals in Latin American energy reached close to $8 billion, and that actually amounts to about 25% of Chinese acquisitions worldwide last year. So it gives you a sense of how important the sector has been to Chinese investors in Latin America, and it'll be interesting to see whether that continues or there's potentially a retrenchment by those players in the coming years. I think one area that's going to be really interesting to focus on is the electric infrastructure for all these new non-gas driven engines, whether it's in the aviation industry or in the automotive industry or the trucking industry, and how quickly that gets built out and whether or not the U.S. is going to be the leader in that or whether China is. They've got incredible incentives to diminish the amount of coal that they use. And they are focused on electric vehicles, both in the automotive and aviation sector. And there's going to be a real competition to see who gets to the best technology quickest. So that'll be an interesting race. And one, unlike the other fights that we have with or competition that we have with China, will be good for the planet. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a subject for another podcast, but that also, you know, will also trigger a race that's already underfoot for in the natural resource space and mining and the types of resources, lithium and others in which Latin America, Africa play a key role and that are going to be critical for securing the raw materials for actually being able to develop and implement those technologies. Thank you for listening to SNC Critical Insights. For more information about our practice, please visit us on the web at www.solcrom.com.